It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. Hey guys, if you haven't checked out our Passive Investors Handbook, I would definitely suggest that you start there. This is a great primer for those looking to jump into passive real estate investing. I know you're going to get a lot out of it. It's 15 pages and takes about 20 minutes to get through, and you can find it on our website or just go to upstreaminvestor.com forward slash handbook. So go check that out and enjoy. All right, let's get into the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, Stephen Delorso. And today we are the two smart assets. For those not yet familiar with Stephen, he brings over 10 years of experience in the real estate industry and has been responsible for constructing tailored financial models, performing due diligence, producing and arranging present and future strategies for real estate operations, and performing hospitality and commercial real estate analyses throughout the United States. And on top of that is now the manager of the Orso Fund. Stephen, my man, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, pumped to learn more about you, man, and you know, learn about your fun and you know what you think about the, what's going on in the market right now. Uh, before we do that, though, want to hear more about you. So, tell us more about you, your background, and how you got into real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I went to Michigan State uh, for for school, and I studied uh, business and real estate. Um, what really got me interested in real estate, my mom was going out with a with a real estate magnet. I guess you could, you could call him, and so he owned properties. And he started to teach me about it and uh, told me, you know, keep reading books on real estate. And, um, you know, that was really my entrance into realizing financial freedom uh, because, you know, as you know, passive real estate, you know, you can make a lot of money, millions, you know, right. if you know what you're doing correctly. And so, yeah, you know, I, I just in school, there were courses, too, about real estate that I took. And so you, you got to learn about formulas, cash on cash return, uh, internal rate of return. And um, yeah, you know, after school, I went to work for a mobile home company, uh, Meridus Communities. So okay. as we know, mobile homes are recession resistant. Oh, yeah. So it's one of the best asset classes. And um, yeah, after that, I just, after, after I, I graduated, worked for uh, public and private real estate corporations. And then I decided to go on my own uh, with this fund. Uh, and, uh, here I am today. So <laughs> I love to hear it, man. And, uh, you know, the fact that you've had some, you know, you had this influence in your life to kind of steer you in that direction is fantastic. Right. And then you actually yeah. had some form formal education and then you went and actually got the actual experience by, you know, even if it's working for somebody else, but that experience is absolutely critical. Right. And so I, I and I think, I think it, it just goes to show you because most people don't start off their real estate investing career by starting a fund, you know, they'll go, right. they'll go, yeah. they'll go buy a single family home or a duplex or something. Right. And then or a house hack. And then, uh, but you, you know, you have this experience. So you just went out and started a fund. So yeah. I do want to dive into that a little bit. You know, there are a lot of different ways to get into real estate, but, uh, you know, you chose to take this fund, open this fund. So what was it, what was so attractive about the fund model that eventually led you to create the Orso fund? Yeah. So I think one of, the things is that it's very risk averse because you have the you have the capital already there. So you know a lot of people they they find a deal and sometimes they don't find the capital. So right. it kind of uh, hinders their reputation a little bit. Um, so I'm the type of like very risk averse person. 
So uh, I actually, I own one property that I'm putting into the fund as kind of like collateral. Okay. So investors see that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what, you know, steered me towards that. Um, not to say that, you know, I don't look for deals on the side. Uh, I do. And, you know, uh, right now I'm working with somebody in Michigan, actually. And me and him are kind of like going back and forth, uh, evaluating deals. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I, I love to hear that, man. You always got to have something else going on, right? But, you know, focus yeah. on your, fo- keep the main thing, the main thing, right? And so I love to hear that. So I definitely want to talk about more about your fund. So, you know, let's just dive into that. Tell us more about your fund. What's the focus? What's the strategy um, as of right now? Sure. So the focus is uh, purchasing single family, multifamily units. Um, and the reason being is because my personal experience has been, you know, single family. Sure. So, uh, and then we'll delve into five units, you know, five plus units and so forth. Uh, I'm offering a 5% preferred return to my investors. Uh, so the investors are going to own 70% of the fund and I'll own the remaining 30%. Okay. Um, I'm looking to raise $3 million in, in equity. Uh, and myself, I'm putting in about uh, $60,000, $65,000, my own, my own skin in the game. Um, cool. But, you know, I'm always looking, you know, to add people to the team. You know, right now it's a one-man band. Not, nothing wrong with that. But, uh, you know, someone who has, you know, experienced capital raising, you know, that would be excellent, you know, to have some, someone on the team. Yeah, you got it's a great, and you know, I actually think there's a lot of benefits to being a one man band, right? Saying lean and mean, right? Yeah. There's a there's a lot of reasons to stay lean and mean, but you're absolutely right. You know, bringing you know a strategic partner on can really advance whatever business it is, right? It doesn't have to be real estate right. investing; it could be could be anything, right? So, absolutely love to hear that. So, you know, you mentioned um, single family, small multifamily. What what is the strategy with those properties? I mean, are these are these a lot? Is there a value add component? Are they long term holds? You guys flipping any of these, or is there different strategies, or is it just kind of an overall arching strategy right um the single family uh i'd like it to be a long-term hold okay. uh and the multifamily, kind of like a value-add proposition is kind of what i would be looking at okay um, you know as you know you know you can make a lot of money uh with value adds um but you can also you know if you buy a class a multifamily property you know what you're getting you know what i mean so nothing wrong with that um but my strategy right now yes is value-add Okay. Uh, yeah, I love that. Right. I mean, there's, there's definitely, if you can, if you can get in right, buy right and actually yeah. manage it and all that stuff, value add, obviously there's a lot of room there. Um, as you know, things have been a little bit turbulent recently, you know, effects of rising interest rates have been felt across basically all sectors of real estate really, uh, for right. the most part. Right. I mean, obviously there's some, some exceptions there, but with that in mind, how are you guys, how are you guys, um, um, financing your properties? What's, what's the plan there in terms of locking, locking down debt for the fund and taking down these properties? So, yeah, you know, I was looking at the single family and one thing that we can do is we can do like subject to, or we can assume loans. You know what I mean? So we wouldn't have to worry about the current interest rate right now. We'd worry about the interest rate that, you know, the person had, a, you know, when they, when they bought the house. Um, in terms of multifamily, um, I think there's still opportunities there too. Um, and I think you can do, a, I think you can do assumptions, right? For multifamily. I don't see uh, why not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it just depends on the on the terms, right? And then the property yeah. and owner and all that stuff. So so, but you know what? Interest rates are gonna come down here in the next within the next year. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Um, there's always money, there's always money to be made in real estate if you buy it at the right price. You know what I mean? Um, so you know, whether it be off market, whether it be on market, whether it be through a broker, um, you know, I I still see you know opportunities out there. 
So, so with that in mind, man, I, I'm not sure exactly which market you're in, but in terms yeah. of whatever market you are in, uh, what action are you seeing in terms of property valuations? You know, with single family, small multifamily, are you seeing property prices fall or have they kind of held steady where, where they've been for a while now? Uh, I would say steady, but they're going to fall in the next six months. Yeah. Okay. okay. And the market I look at, uh, you know, I'm looking at the Michigan market because I have familiarity with the market and I'm from here already. So it just makes things a little bit easier. Um, but that's, yeah, I, I see, uh, interest rates falling within the next six months. So let me so, ask you about that. And obviously we, none of us have a crystal ball, right? Cause you know, it's just one of those right. things, but you know, you think in, uh, interest rates are going to fall. What, what is your opinion on that? Why do you think they're going to fall? Um, I think everybody has their own opinion, right? But, uh, and I'm kind of sympathetic kind of your view, but I'd love to hear you explain it a little bit more detail. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, what comes up must come down, right? Sure. So, you know, we've had high, uh, We've had, you know, very high values for real estate uh, for some time now. Um, and, you know, t- textbook definition, we're in a recession, right? Two consecutive declines in GDP. Sure. Uh, that technically. But, you know, that's why I feel that, uh, you know, the, the values will come down, interest rates will come down, uh, and there will be more opportunity, more buying opportunity. Um, just because just looking at the time frame, you know, of how long we've had these high interest rates, high gas prices, high inflation. Uh, it just, that's what it makes sense to me. Sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, I've, uh, I do a lot of passive investing myself. Right. And I talk to a lot of other passive investors and it's kind of split, right? We see, I see a lot of people who are, I see some people who are kind of sitting on the sidelines. They got their dry powder. They're kind of waiting this out. And then I see, uh, actually more people who are, eager to invest in deals now, velocity of money, right? They want to keep their, their, their stuff moving. And so, um, kind of, kind of just want to ask you the same question. How do you see yourself in terms of that? Are you guys kind of keeping some dry powder on the sidelines, wait, waiting it out or until those prices fall, or are you guys in acquisition mode as well right now? Right. So, uh, you know, I'm always looking at deals, but you're right. I, I always believe that there should be cash on the side, you know, three to six months worth of operating expenses. Um, so, you know, you always want to have cash reserves on the side, uh, because when it does go down, you're going to have a a big opportunity to take that cash and buy, uh, you know, uh, undervalued properties. So, um, yeah. Yeah, my opinion. Obviously, I think having dry powder is is a great thing at all times, right? I mean, just just having some available uh, because who knows what's going to happen, right? But um, so when you know, let's say the ball drops, right, and prices come down, rates come down, and there's a big buying opportunity. Are you guys just going to stick to your Michigan markets, or are you guys going to start looking other places as well? Um, just because this is being my first fund, uh, yeah, I just want to stick to Michigan. Uh, but I would, I have looked at like the Ohio, Indiana, Illinois market, the Midwest. Um, so it is, it is a consideration. Yes. Okay, cool. And so, you know, one thing I noticed kind of about the stuff that I've learned about you prior before the show was that you guys, um, you guys are vertically integrated, right? You guys have built their fund where you can be vertically integrated. Can you talk about what that means and how that applies to your fund? Absolutely. So vertically integrated means, uh, that we, um, have uh, in-house property management. So okay. each property that I buy, you know, we will be responsible for it, um, the fund itself. You know, and this, you know, you're able to maximize uh, your dollars better this way than outsourcing it to a third party. You know what I mean? Um, so that being able to have hands-on, you can know exactly what's going on and it's just better, you know, overall. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I can tell you from my experience, when I first started in real estate investing, it was single family, right? And so I was, I thought, you know, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything for these properties myself. I'm going to, I'm going to acquire them. I'm going to, you know, rehab them. I'm going to, I'm going to manage them all the stuff while holding a W2 job. And, uh, and right. it was, it was okay. And I did it, but I got to tell you, man, that was not something that I wanted to do long-term, right? And that's actually why I shift, shifted my strategy into more passive investments because I'm able to allocate capital faster. Deal flow is much easier. I don't have to worry about a lot of things, right? Right. It's just, I could take that headache and give it to somebody else. Right. So I'm curious, you know, when you first started the fund, did you always know it was going to be vertically integrated or was that something that came out of necessity? Like, Hey, these guys aren't doing a good job. Let's just go do it ourselves. Right. That's a good question. So that actually, that idea came from reading, uh, uh, Rob Bursley, uh, his book, uh, the definite guide to multifamily acquisitions. And in there, he, you know, he talked about having an in-house property management firm that he would recommend it. So that's, you know, that's where I got the idea, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, how, and, and how, go ahead. No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And Rob is, Rob is a solid dude. We were actually just yeah. at, a, at a conference. I saw him at a conference in, in Miami, not too long ago. Rob is, and he just came out with a new book as well, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I read it. I read it last week. It was a great book. Um, yeah. But so, so how has that been for you so far? You know, building a property management company, having all that, how, how has that gone so far? I know that can't be easy. Would love to hear your experience with that. Right. Um, well, the first thing is, you know, acquiring properties. Uh, sure. That's that's the first thing, you know, getting the capital and then uh, starting acquiring. And then once start from there, you know, the the single family and multifamily properties, once I get to a certain level of units, um, then, you know, we hire somebody else on onto the team uh, to be responsible for that. Um, but so far, you know, the properties I own, you know, I manage myself. So. Okay. Uh, the one property that I'm putting into the fund, you know, is uh, is managed very well. Well, I think, you know, you having experience being a property manager yourself, it's got to be a real, it's going to be a real benefit, especially when starting your own property management company or hiring somebody else to do it, right? Maybe they have experience, maybe they don't, but at least you'd be like, hey, this is, these are some of the things we want to keep in place. And, um, and I think that's going to be a huge benefit, right? And yeah. I think also too, as you grow, you mentioned earlier, you know, bringing on somebody who can raise capital, all this other stuff. Well, going through the process of, you know, whether you're bringing on, um, you know, contractors or property managers or whatever, you, you're you yeah. starting to build this experience with hiring people, right? And what I found in my experience, just whether it's hiring a, a virtual assistant or whatever, right? When I first started doing that, I was absolutely terrible at it, man. I mean, th- the worst, you know, I was, I was hiring the wrong people. I didn't know what I was doing. And so, you know, after a couple of times, you get some experience with this and it, it gets easier and easier. Um, do you have right. any experience with hiring people? And if so, how has that gone so far? Um, personally, no, I've had like, uh, you know, speaking with partners and stuff, but not, not anybody who works below me yet. Um, and I, and I do agree with you. It can be hard to find, you know, a right fit. Um, but like going to conferences and meeting people that, you know, are like-minded, um, you know, you're bound to find a property manager for sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned conferences. I'd love to take that and kind of run with it a little bit. Do you, are there any conferences on the horizon that you're excited about coming in the next, say, six, 12 months, something like that? Yeah. So uh, I think I'm going to sign up for Raise Fest by Hunter Thompson. Uh, it's supposed to be in K- Kentucky. And I mean, you want to talk about, you know, capital raisers and fund managers. I mean, that's going to be a big one. Definitely. 
Yeah, I would highly suggest going to that. I'm actually a part of Race Masters, and uh, we were just in oh, Miami. Okay. yeah, we're at, we were just in Miami for his event for the for the Race Masters members. And I got to tell you, um, you're going to get a lot out of that if you go to that if you go to that um, that event in Louisville. Uh, there's going to be a lot there, man. I know it's going to be a, a big event, man. So I, if if you're into that, man, I highly suggest you check it out. If any of our listeners are into that, go check it out, Louisville, Kentucky. I think when is that next month? Is that right? Uh yeah, yeah, January, late January. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I highly suggest going to that. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great event. Another one too, just real quick. Uh, if you have time, I would highly suggest the best ever conference. It's usually in Colorado. Uh, definitely check that out. It's uh, it's just filled with rock stars, man. So uh, yeah. if you haven't been to that one yet, uh, so it's usually in the call in Colorado, the Denver area, which is my hometown. So uh, uh, if you make it out here, man, let's uh, let's definitely yeah. hang out, you know go on a hike or something like that. You know, talk real estate as well, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Cool, man. Well, you know, this has been a great conversation. Tell us more about what you got, what you got on the horizon for 2023. Yeah. So 2023, just, uh, continuing to go to conferences, um, continuing to raise as much capital as needed. Um, and, uh, you know, finally execute the business plan, you know, and I yep. think, uh, those are the biggest things. Yeah. Lo- love to hear it, man. Uh, and that's pretty fantastic. So one thing before we get out of here though, man, tell the listeners how they can find out more about you, connect with you, find out more about the fund, all that good stuff. Yeah. So uh, you can either connect with me through LinkedIn. My name's Steven Delorso or, uh, you know, uh, email me Steven at the Orso group.com or myself, 248-773-9006. Awesome. Steven, we're going to put all that stuff in the show notes. Make sure our listeners can reach out to you. Looking forward to linking up with you, man, whether it's in Louisville or here in Denver, man. Uh, appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of passive real estate investing. And as a busy W-2 professional working in the oil and gas industry, this type of investing has been a complete game changer for me. It's allowed me to build income streams faster, access private off-market opportunities, and bring stability to my portfolio by investing in hard assets like apartments and self-storage facilities. So if you're looking to learn more about these types of opportunities, I highly suggest you check out Upstream Equity. Whether you work in the oil and gas industry like me, or you're a busy professional looking to grow your investment portfolio, Upstream Equity is your go-to source for passive real estate investing. They do all the heavy lifting for you, from building strategic relationships with best-in-class operators to finding quality passive income opportunities. Upstream Equity truly makes this a hands-off experience. To find out more, go to upstreaminvestor.com. Once again, that's upstreaminvestor.com.